communists, if you have those two enemies, uh, those two entities strong, and that's the church and the middle class. You cannot turn a country communist if you have a strong church. And you cannot turn a country communist if you have a strong mom and pop business, strong middle class. And I know that from having been there all over half a century. I, I know how it works. And yet, two and a half years ago, our own nation, the United States of America, the home of the brave land of the free, I, I mean, uh, attacked the church. Let that sink in. Uh, our own nation attacked the church and the middle class. And they said, hey, you know, you can go to Walmart. It's cool. You can go to Sam's, Costco. You can go to Target. You can go to, you can go to Home Depot. You can go to all those places. Not a problem. COVID won't get you. But you go to church and you'll die. You go to mom and pop store, you'll die. Last year in Michigan, Michigan lost 60,000 mom and pop businesses. They'll never come back. 60,000. And that's what our government's trying to do is, is destroy the church or, or control it. They're doing a pretty good job of controlling it, to my, much to my embarrassment. And attack the mom and pop businesses because their desire is to turn this thing communist. Now, now if you want to talk to me about turning America communist, it's going to be my, my, my answer to you is, is over my dead body. And see, young people, they don't even know what communism is. In fact, young people in ex-communist countries, former communist countries, don't know what communism is. I go to those countries that used to be communists and used to go to them when they were communists. I used to go behind the Iron Curtain when it was still there. I used to be in Russia and Ukraine uh, before it was, you couldn't even be there. It was illegal. It was still the USSR and still the Iron Curtain, and I'd go and preach. But now I go to those former communist countries, and the young people come to me and say, uh, Brother Terry said, uh, my grandma and grandpa just despised communism. They, they hate it. And we don't know why. We don't know what's wrong with communism. It's amazing. I said, yeah, but you didn't live through it. You weren't there. You didn't go through what your grandma and grandpa went through. You weren't there when people were dying to get out. Nobody ever died to get in. Isn't that right? Here in America, our, our phrase in America used to be, used to be, and in our military, our phrase used to be, whenever some communist nation would attack another nation, uh, we would say, we will not let the godless communists take that nation. That was our phrase, godless. Because, see, communists are atheists. Atheists don't believe in God. They're godless. We, and we, we said for decades in this nation, no, we will not allow the, God, the godless communists to take over the world. And now we got Americans trying to make us godless communists. We've got morons in Washington, D.C. that want to make us godless communists. And so 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit looked and saw this. And he poked, as, as Pastor was saying, he poked the writer of Hebrews Nobody knows who wrote Hebrews. Most people think it was Paul, and that's okay with me. I don't care. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him, who wrote Hebrews? Did you do that? I don't care, but we just don't know. But, but he, um, the writer, the, the Holy Ghost poked him and said, write this. Write this. 
which is Hebrews 10, 20, uh, 10, 29. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as some do. And I tell you, some do. And even more so as you see the day approaching. Because he knew 2,000 years from then, in America, the church is going to be attacked. Now, I'd have never believed, I'd have bet money on it, and I've never been a betting man in my life, but I'd have bet money on it five years ago that, why, you can't get the church in America to quit going to church. We've preached the word of faith for over 50 years. I've preached it longer than that. God gave it to me when I was 16 years old, so 55 years I've been preaching the word of faith. Brother Hagan preached it, Brother Colvin preached it, Charles Capps preached it, Fred Price preached it. Jerry Savelle preached it. Mike Webb preached it. We, we've preached the word of faith for 50 years. And it took our government less than 90 days to get rid of it. And the church fold like a cheap suit. Are you here? My money would have been on the church. <laughs> nah, the church in America, No. Amazon's number one seller last year was pajamas. Seriously. Number one seller in Amazon. Last two years, actually, pajamas. My, my, my advice to you is throw those pajamas away and come to church. Now, of course, I'm preaching to the choir. You're here. But all you folks watching this online, I'm not mad at you, not upset at you, but I am begging you. I'm imploring you. I'm pleading with you. Take it from an old missionary. I'm begging you for your sake, for your kids' sake, for your grandkids' sake. Don't forsake the assembling yourselves together. Throw those pajamas away. Get yourself in church. Because we, we got a job to do. We, we always knew there'd be a remnant. We just never dreamed it'd be from the church folks. We always knew there'd be a great falling away. The Bible tells us that the last days are going to be a great falling away. That's when the, that's when the Antichrist comes. When, according to Thessalonians, is when the great falling away happens. Then the son of perdition shows up. We just never thought it'd be the, we just never thought it'd be the good guys that were going to fall away. Are y'all here? I tell you what, we 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 need church, and church, and more church. Not less church. We need more church. Back in the days in America when we had lots of church, look what, look what the country was like. And since we started having less church and just gone down to a Sunday a week or a Sunday morning a week, look what's happened to America. So the answer is not less church. The answer is more church. And I've said this for years and years. I believe the day is coming when the sheep, the sheep, the sheep are going to come to the shepherd, not the other way around, but the sheep are going to come to the shepherd and say, Pastor, we need more church. We, we need to be more, we need to be together more. We need to be in the house of God more. We need to have corporate prayer more, corporate praise more, corporate worship more. Cor we, need to, we, need to, we need to be together more so we can, we can do more. A, three, a threefold cord is hardly broken. One can put a thousand, but two can put 10,000. Think what a house full can do. Amen. So I'm concerned about America. I love this country. And I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, our fathers and grandfathers and uncles and great uncles, and I mean, they'd turn over in their graves out there in the cemetery. 
Can you imagine some of these people thinking what they think today? And you think, what, what would their grandfather think? What would their great-grandfather think? Well, they'd be ashamed of you. Turn, they, they fought and died to stop the godless communists, and now we're trying to be the godless communists. Praise the Lord. You understand what I'm talking to you about? The apostle Paul said, examine yourself and see if you're in the faith or not. We need to examine ourselves and see, see am I in the faith? Have I slipped a little bit? Am I, am, I, am I not as strong as I once was in the faith? Am I, how, how am I doing in the faith? He said to examine ourselves. We need to, we need to go in for an examination every now and then. And examine ourselves and say, how, how's my faith going? Am I, am I operating? You know, Renee and I were some dear friends here a while back. Of course, we are all the time with people tell us all kinds of stuff. And dear precious friends that have lots and lots and lots of money. And, uh, and, and, and they got to talking about how they, how they just love to dig out old stuff, you know, and sell it to people. And talking about selling really old stuff, you know. I don't mean antiques. I just mean old clothes and old shoes and old whatever. And, uh, and we've been so many people that are talking about that. And every time we leave, I just shake my head and tell Renee, I said, you know, I've never, I've never lived or wanted to live by the, by the law of buying and selling because I've lived so long by the law of giving and receiving. You know, anytime I'm through with something, I, n- I never think sell it. I think give it away. Man, I've given airplanes away and cars away. And, you know, I've, I mean, I've gone in churches and left sock-footed because I gave my shoes away while I was there. I mean, it's just giving should be our thing because nobody gives like the church. Nobody gives like we do. Giving is one of those supernatural signs that's going to affect the, the, the world. It's not just going to be our great preaching or our great praying or our great uh, sermons or any of that, but it's also going to be the fact that we, we, we're givers because that freaks everybody out, messes them up because we live by a different system, different rules, different laws. You know, when COVID started a couple of years ago or whenever it was, Renee and I were preaching in Florida at the time. And um, our schedule was full. We had a full schedule, like always, overseas and, and, and in the States. And, and, uh, and so it started there, and they, they started doing all these rules and shut everything down. And, and I think Renee and I were the last people in this hotel in Miami Beach. And I went down to them and, and to the manager, and I said, are you going to kick us out? And they said, no. He said, you're, you're here because <laughs> you got here before this started. But, but the instant you leave, we're shutting down. Said, we said, we're not, we're not taking any new reservations. And every time somebody leaves, then, you know, we don't, we don't fill up the room. You, you, you guys are about the only ones left, and, and we, we won't kick you out because you're here. But once you leave, we're, you know, and it's like it was just a, a ghost town. And so Renee and I went back up to our room. We said, you know, we see the, we see the handwriting on the wall. It's not hard to predict the future on this thing. Uh, money's going to get scarce. Money's going to get weird. The country's going to get weird. Stuff's going to be scarce. I said, let's just, let's just set our faith and pray right now, and let's double our giving. Because we know how to fix money. You know, God, thought, God told us how to fix money. He said, give and be given you again. Good measure, president, and second together, run over. Isn't that right? So we just doubled up on our giving. We doubled and quadrupled giving to anybody that works for tips. You know, anytime we go into a restaurant, anybody work for tips, man, we just, Renee says, Terry, you don't give tips, you give offerings. Well, you know, we, we, we know how to live by that law. Are you here? Because we don't live like the world lives. We don't live by the beggarly elements of this world. We don't live by those laws. The word says you're in the world, 
but you're not what? You're not of it. We're just passing through. So we, we, we're not subject to those laws. We're subject to the laws of God. So we just start giving and giving and giving. While we were in Miami, there's a, fav a favorite place we like to go eat uh, and, 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 and uh, seafood and right on the water. And we've done it for years and love it. And, and so uh, we said, oh, man, I wonder if they're going to be closed because of this. And so I called, the, I called down there and said, are y'all open? And the, the guy said, well, so we're open for carry out, but, but not for dine in. And they had a real good delicatessen. You could get their stuff and take it out. And uh, I said, well, okay. I said, my wife and I are in town, so we're going we're gonna to come down and get some stuff from the deli. And uh, he said, fine. And, uh, and when I got there, I walked in, and it was, I just looked at him. I said, this is really sad. The whole restaurant's empty. Usually it's really full, and it's really expensive. And uh, I said, this is really sad. He said, it is sad. I said, I guess you guys are hurting. He said, we're absolutely hurting. He said, he said this is the season we live for. Because they, they major on stone crabs, and stone crabs is a big deal in Florida, and you can only get them from October to May. And, and he said, that, this is when we make our money. So we don't care about the summer and, and the rest of it. We, we live for stone crab season. And he said, man, we're, we're hurting. So all these people are hurting. And I said, well, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I reached in my pocket and took out three or four $100 bills and handed it to him. I said, I said divide this up among you, your weight staff. And he said, what? I said, yeah. I said, all you, the weight staff, y'all, just, just, just bless them. Just, just help them. He said, are you serious? Are you kidding? I said, oh, no. Bless him. And he said, sir, would you like to eat in the restaurant today? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, that's what I, what I wanted to do. And he said, you and your wife pick any table, any place you want, by the water, up where, and I'll personally serve you. <laughs> Man, we, went, we, had, we had some good service, didn't we? <laughs> and that guy came out and waited on us, took us out by the water. And, and, but, you know, we... we we don't live like everybody else. And so we got home from that trip, and, and, and our calendar was just decimated, you know. All of a sudden, the churches in the state said, you can't come, Brother Terry. And, and you know, I just preach at partner churches. I just don't go everywhere. I've got churches that love us and partner with us. I'll go preach one. And, uh, and, and, and the several overseas meetings all canceled. Big crusade, 100,000 people in Pakistan crusade I had to cancel. We we're going to have 100,000 Muslims in Pakistan. Plus 2,500 Christian preachers uh, that I was going to teach in the daytime and then crusade at night with miracles and blind eyes open, deaf ears unstopped, and crippled all, and that all just shut down. And so, uh, so we went home, and uh, we went to the lake, and we took the kids to the lake, we took the grandkids to the lake, we took them skiing, we took them boating, we took them tubing, we took them fishing, for about four weeks, had a good time. And Renee and I looked at each other and said, "This is really bad. This is not right." This is not right. We're not helping anybody. People are hurting, and we're not helping them. And so Renee said, you remember when the Apostle Paul said to his preaching buddy Barnabas, uh, hey, let's go visit our partner churches and see how they do? And yeah, so we went and looked that up in Acts 15, and Paul said to Barnabas, hey, buddy, so we're going we're gonna to go visit the churches and see how they be, the word he used. And uh, so we said, let's just go visit our partner churches and see how they be. And bless them. So I took out my phone and texted about just a handful of pastors. Well, first of all, we said, where's the worst place in America? Where's the hardest place in America on the church? It's got to be in New York City or the West Coast. And so we said, let's just go to the West Coast. And so I took my phone out and texted a handful of pastors here in California and some in Washington, Oregon. And I, and I just said that. So Renee and I are, you know, 
sitting at home and, 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 and we're fine, we're blessed, we're, we don't need the money, but we, we're, we're not helping anybody. And so we're going to do just what Paul and Barnabas did and we're going to come visit our partner church and see how they be. So we're on our way out there and uh, we're paying our own expenses. We're not asking for an offering. We're not looking for any money. If we can preach for you live in your church, that's great. We'd love to. If we can't and you want us to do it online, we'll do it online. If we can't do it online, we'll just take you and your wife out to eat and bless you. But we're coming. And I mean, within one hour, I had, what, five people respond back to me, including Pastor Mike, and said, come here, come here, come here. And so we did, man. We came out here and was with you guys and, and went, went all the way from the, from the border in San Diego all the way to Portland, Oregon. And, and we haven't quit since. I talk to people all the time. They say, I hadn't been out of the house in two years, or I hadn't been to a restaurant in two years. I hadn't been. I said, boy, we didn't stay home ever except those four weeks. And they said, this is ridiculous. Isn't that right? Because we're Christians. We live by a different law. Amen? We, we, we're heaven citizens. You better come up and greet the people before I preach. I'm liable to preach here. Praise the Lord. Yesterday we went to San Diego. Pastors, friends of ours in San Diego saw on, on Facebook we was going to be here. And so they called and said, hey, can, you, can Renee come up Saturday and minister to our ladies? And so we ran to San Diego yesterday morning, and she did a bang-up job. I'm told they wouldn't let me come because I'm not a lady. But I heard it was good. Okay. Let me make sure I can get this on. I'm sliding this. There it is. Am I on now or not? Am I on now? You are. Hallelujah. Well, you know, Israel won so many battles, uh, and people win in life by just being really loud and making a lot of noise. And, uh, you know, from uh, there's so many things I, I would want to, you know, just love on you with today. Um, my goodness, we are handling such sacred things. Isn't that right? We handle the most sacred things of the universe. There's nothing more sacred than, than the presence of God. I love the, the music this morning. It was just marvelous to worship the Lord. Jesus, you're the center of it all. <laughs> your, your presence is like heaven to me. When we're, in that, when we're in that atmosphere, when we're in that frame of mind, when we have that mindset to do nothing, but just be in the presence of God, what a glorious life you will live. You will live a life at a much higher standard. As Terry was saying, we're going to live above the world. We're going to live not by the world system, but by the system of the kingdom of God. And as Pastor Mike was exhorting you, I was on the edge of my seat. I want to hear everything that God wants to say to me, and I don't want to miss anything from the man of God that stands in authority in this house, he's going to talk to me today, you know? And I know even though my husband is going to preach, I'm going to get what God has for me to hear. And I'm, because Jesus is the center of it all. And if I don't have Jesus, <laughs> it's kind of like if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, you know? And we have to be full of the Holy Ghost to be the best we're going to be. Isn't that right? Because if I'm full of me, or if I'm full of the world, or if I'm full of the news channel, I'm not going to be the best. But if I'm full of Jesus, and full of the Holy Ghost, and full of the Word of God, then thank God, 
Amen. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I, my mind tried to oppress me, but I just get real loud and shout. So y'all just shout real loud. Hallelujah. 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 You know, you get at home and, and you're kind of down about something and you've heard bad news. Best thing you can do is just get real loud and just bang on some pots and pans and have your own praise and worship service. I've done it before. I mean, I just start yelling, no, you're not. You're not going down, girl. You're going to be upright and serve the Lord. You're Get in your car and yell. Go out in the backyard and yell. Beat on something. You know, it'll just, if nothing else, it just scares hell away. I mean, I've done this. I mean, you know, I, I don't, some people may think it's mentally unstable, but I won. I won. I didn't give in to oppression and worry and fear. I didn't give in to the bad news. I didn't give in to what somebody else thought I ought to act like. You know, I love the wisdom of God. I love discretion and prudence and understanding and all of these things that the Bible gives us. That how we can live. And you know, Mike over there in Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, I think it is verse 1, the Apostle Paul writes to the church and says that. <laughs> he says, I'm writing these things to you that so you might have greater perfection in living this life. And I just think that's one of the greatest phrases in the Bible. All that stuff's been written so we can learn how to live higher, happier, healthier, wealthier in the things of God because we do it differently than the world would do. And we're not ashamed of it. Amen? We're not ashamed of it. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord. I learned from Brother Hagin years ago in Psalm 29, uh, that chapter that talks about the voice of the Lord is as many waters. The voice of the Lord splits the cedars of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord causes the mountains to fall. The voice of the Lord causes the waves to crash. The voice of the Lord causes the animals to give birth. While ev Everybody say, while. While everyone in his temple is shouting glory. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, glory has become one of my favorite words. When I'm I'm, when Mike was saying our, our schedule got decimated, I mean, it was gone. It was over. There was no more meetings, you know. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, we just decided to get in the car and go anyway and loaded it up with products and everything we were going to give away and take people and just do. We were, I, we were willing to clean out the bank account to act in faith so God could move on our behalf. And I could dance right now and tell you what God has done to bless and to help. And, and you know, we're always believing God. I mean, it doesn't matter whether there's zero in our bank account or there's, you know, a whole bunch more. It just doesn't matter because the Word of God is true. You know, and I don't ever want to act like we're beggars. Uh, Terry said we don't live by the, that's an old Pentecostal word, um, Beth, you know, the beggarly element. Everybody say beggarly. Some of you, that's the first time in your life you ever said that word. But beggarly, we grew up with a Pentecostal preacher saying, we don't live by the beggarly. I'm not a beggar. I'm a believer, Pastor Osteen taught us. I'm not a beggar. Say that. I'm a believer. Take your checkbook out at your house. Lay your bills out and start yelling, I'm not a beggar. I'm a believer. 
I'm not going to live in lack. I'm going to live in abundance. My faith creates abundance in my life. The promises of God give me abundance. And I'm telling you, when you start talking back to the TV and you start talking back to hell and you start talking back to, to your silly thinking, you're going to win. You're going to win every single time. So I'm here to tell you today, uh, we have, Terry and Jackie began years ago, maybe a little over a dozen years ago, uh, and they founded an organization called Jackie Mines International Children's Foundation. And they began to give with just two or three orphanages about 12 or 13 years ago uh, at Christmas time to give to these orphanages and share with them uh, an abundance because sometimes the orphanages and missionaries get forgotten at, at Christmas, you know. And so they began to give to these orphanages that, that nobody was really supporting. They didn't have a, a large donor base. They just had a, a few people in their hometown or someone in their home church that was helping to support them. And uh, they have been doing this now. And, and each year, since Terry and I have been married over the last seven years, uh, we've added, been able to add more orphanages every single year. And the, and the increase, everybody say increase, increase, just say it slowly, increase. See, that just comes from the Lord. Increase, promotion, bounty, wealth, increase in the things of God. God began to give increase into the outreach of JMICF. And I am so thankful. Terry and I have rejoiced over and over and over. And you've been a great part of that in the, uh, year after year. That um, in the last two years during COVID, when it has been, you'd think, impossible for God to do what he's done through the church, we have given more each year in 20 and 21 than we have ever given before into JMICF to help orphanages around the world. And this year, yeah, let's, let's thank Jesus. Hallelujah. What a gracious God. I'm telling you, this year, we did more than last year was the greatest year JMICF had ever had. And this year, it's better than last year. And this year, we gave to over 40 orphanages 26 in 26 countries 14 feeding programs, two human trafficking centers, two disaster relief events, five widows, missionary families, three missionary families, and a women's recovery center in Zimbabwe. And uh, I'm telling you, these are people that have all been vetted. We know them through pastors and leaders around the country, around the world. And we have been able to do this and do it greater. And I'm telling you, if, if I told you the amount of money I'm I mean, it's just amazing to me what God has done. You know, sometimes, uh, and we do this out of, out of response to the scriptures that say that we're to speak up for those that have no voice in Proverbs 31. And then over in James, where we're, we are to minister to widows and orphans, you know. And uh, like, like a lady told my husband years ago, Terry, years ago, they said, Brother Terry, we'll give you any amount of money. We just want to help you. If you'll go eat our worms, <laughs> if you'll go eat all the garbage that's out there in the world that you have to eat to go obey God and do the will and the work of God, you know. And I'm just so glad that we have found these. We have gathered these people that are doing outstanding works. Two of these orphanages, y'all, are special needs orphanages. 
and they are special needs children that are, that are medically fragile, that are special needs children, then many of them have been abused and battered through the human trafficking situation. And so the government, even in India, will just dump them into an orphanage. And, uh, you know, one thing the church can do more than any and greater, greater and better than anybody else can do around the world is that we know how to love. We know how to care. We have value. We place value on the unborn. We place value on the elderly. We place value on those that, are, that, are, that have less or that are in need. And if we don't do our job, then who in the world will, you know? They don't, the, the, even these large human um, you know, uh, crisis management kind of folks that go out and help, um, so little of their income actually goes to helping people. And so we want to do this right and do it the best that we possibly can. And so that's what we've been doing. And I just, there's some of these brochures are back there um, on this particular brochure. I mean, we show you the map and uh, show you the countries that we have given to. And it's absolutely wonderful report. And we want you to take advantage of that and look at that. And if nothing else, just, you know, uh, pray for us and believe God that we're not just going around preaching in churches. People think that's, that's glamorous, <laughs> you know. But we're doing everything that we can to help uh, strengthen the church, as the Apostle Paul said, to wash your feet with the word of God and to remind you that, it, that, it, that the rest of your life, if the devil can do anything he can do to just distract you with your personal life, you'll never do anything for the kingdom of God. I just cannot be distracted by my personal life. Amen? I just cannot allow the enemy to keep me just always believing for things for me and mine and not have a heart for the world. That's not how the gospel works. And so we want to encourage you with that and let you know that, that God loves, really does love the whole world. <laughs> He loves, loves us from birth to the grave. And uh, Psalm 78 even says that we're to even begin to talk to those babies in the womb before they're ever born. Start to say to those that are yet unborn, Psalm 78 says. So, you know, if we're, if, when you get there, God gets there. When you share the word of God, when you pray, heaven listens. You're the most valuable thing in the earth to God. You're the most valuable. Your life is so valuable Heaven hears when you pray. Heaven hears when you talk. Hell runs when you declare. Hell leaves when you command. And that's how valuable we are in the world. And so back there, I'm telling you, we've got, we're, we're trying to do everything that we possibly can on every level. We've got T-shirts. <laughs> we've got everything back there. Uh, Terry just did a legacy series. We have it both in the little uh, thing that goes in your computer. And there's four messages on here that he's d preached around the world. God gave him each one of these messages at some place in the world when there was a crisis. And it's got wonderful things on it. And it's called, Who Do You Say Jesus Is? Salvation is of the Lord. Uh, How to Live Stable in Unstable Times. Anybody need some information on that? And then, Where the Word of a King is with Power. We are kings and priests unto God. And what we say matters. Amen. And uh, I'm always telling, telling people all the time that you can put yourself through Bible school, all the basics of faith back there. Uh, you know, we're just doing everything that we can. We're not slowing down. 
we're in our 70s, but we're not backing up, slowing down. Uh, we're not going to uh, quit. We're not going to think that we're not valuable. I tell Terry all the time, all the more, see, we'll hear something on TV that's bad, and I'll say, well, all the more reason to preach the gospel. All the more reason to be faithful. All the more reason to show up at church. All the more reason to take your eyes off the world and do something for the kingdom of God and not be downcast and depressed, but to be the people of God, full of joy, full of hope and expectation in God that our God reigns. We're just passing through, as Terry said. We're on our way to heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. That ought to keep a smile on your face and keep you happy. Amen. Uh, and we want to remind you, every Thursday we're going to preach to you something new. We have a YouTube channel, terrymiseministries.com, and you can go out there and you can uh, hear the word of the Lord. Terry and I, uh, we get on there and talk, and sometimes we're talking over each other, trying to get the word out. We're so excited. But uh, we're trying to help anybody, anybody. What's one soul worth? What's one soul worth? What's one soul worth? That's why t uh, we had those T-shirts. You can wear something back there that, that uh, one of those great phrases Terry has said for 50 years, I guess, or more. Uh, like, you know, I know the Lord is good and I know his word is truth. If you're standing in the grocery store and somebody reads your T-shirt and you can strike up a conversation, take them out in the parking lot, get them saved, what was that T-shirt worth? You know, I'm just thinking, wear it all. Pat, tattoo it on my forehead. Whatever I have to do. I mean, to win a soul, amen? What's, what's a life worth? If they won one of your relatives into the kingdom of God that you've been praying for, what's a soul worth, amen? Why are we fooling around? We've got to put on our tennis shoes and do something for Jesus and be faithful and get the work of God done. We matter. We're the salt. We're the light. Hallelujah. Whew, I'm through. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, I doubt if you're through, you're just going to quit, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Praise God. Well, stand up with me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We approach your word with reverence. Thank you for a church, a house of God, a church like this one, for a pastor like this one. Thank you that we come in here on purpose. We do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together and that we get together with corporate prayer, corporate worship, corporate believe in God, corporate word. We absolutely are a force to be reckoned with by hell and they can't do anything about it. But we'll not be separated. We'll not be scattered. The, the enemy has always had a, a plan that even every military in the world has adapted over the, over the centuries is smite the shepherd and scatter the sheep. So every shepherd's under attack in the military, they tell, they tell the soldiers, don't, don't come up and salute an officer because the enemy's watching through binoculars, and when they see you salute somebody, they know he's a leader, he's a shepherd, so they kill him because smite the shepherd and scatter the sheep has always been a military strategy from hell. And Father, we'll not be scattered. We'll not let our shepherd be smitten. We will be we will be the fierce Old Testament warriors whenever the devil sticks his head up. And yet every day in our daily life, we'll be the New Testament believers. We'll be full of gentleness and kindness and grace and forgiveness and all the wonderful fruit of the Spirit. And we'll just love everybody and bless everybody and pass them mashed potatoes. But if the devil sticks his head up, we become fierce.
Testament warriors. When they built the wall for Jeremiah or for Nehemiah, they, they, they had a, a sword in one hand and a shovel in the other. They said, we'll build the wall, but we'll still take out the enemy. So, Father, thank you for a strong, 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 healthy church. The church, the church triumphant, the church of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it. Father, I thank you, as I've already talked to you about, that I'll not speak of myself, nor in the flesh, but the Holy Spirit, the great one that indwells me, rise up big within me now, think through my thoughts, speak through my lips, minister words that will get on the inside of us and minister to those here in the house, those watching online, whether they're in a hotel room, a hospital room, or their own living room, minister to them and cause that anointing to go right into their bodies in Jesus' name, or those listening on whatever platform in the future, CDs or whatever else. Father, minister, minister to us that we are the church triumphant and we're about the master's business. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Well, you may be seated. What a day to live. Like I said, this is the day that we were made for. We, this is the day that the church was made for. This is the day for the word of faith. This is the day whenever the world's losing it and they're, they're, everybody else around you is losing their head, then you can keep yours. Amen. That series that Renee was talking about, how to live stable in unstable times, you can do that. How to, be, how to be healthy in sick times, you can do that. How to be prosperous in poverty times, you can do that. How to raise stable teenagers when others are going to hell, you can do that. We're different. We live by different laws, different standards, different principles. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you, Father. And Do you all mind if I just talk to you today about how faith, how, how the situations work with faith? I mean, you don't need three points in a poem sermon, do you? Can I just tell you how this stuff works? How that, you know, I preached for an hour and a half the other night in a church. And I preached word, Pastor Mike, I preached word, 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 gave miracle testimony. I mean, it was powerful, it was strong. And they amen and they hallelujahed here and there, and they were excited about it, and they were really receiving and getting, getting with it. But it was a Hispanic church, and, and, and lots and lots and lots of Hispanics in the church, and so uh, everything was just going about, about an hour and a half. I just switched from English to Spanish. Oh, my Lord. They yelled and screamed and hollered and jumped and danced and ran around the church. And I said, that's what it took to turn you on? That, that was it? That's all the word I preached and all the miracles I told. And it was just me speaking some Spanish that got you excited? <laughs> so I guess whatever floats your boat. But uh, anyway, praise the Lord. I've always said the gospel sounds better in Spanish. It's just, a, it's just sounds, well, we won't get into that. Let me just tell you, in 54 years, of third world missionary evangelism living by a different law. Thinking different. Acting different. Not doing what everybody else does. Doing what the Bible says. Right? Not thinking what the problem is. Thinking what the word says. Not talking what the problem is. Talking what the word says. And... Uh, and sure, I've had trials, tests, troubles, tribulations, never from God, but, you know, the devil comes to try to kill you. Jesus said his job is to steal and kill and destroy. That's, that's his job. And he comes to do that all the time, and so he tries to hurt us and ruin us and destroy us and give us heartache and heartbreak, and I've had a lot of attacks. I've buried a son, I've buried a wife. 
you know. Uh, whenever my, whenever Jackie called me and told me our, our son, Paul David, had, had died in a car wreck, uh, I was in Miami on my way to Jamaica to minister to people, win souls in Jamaica, and, and uh, she caught me in Miami and said, you know, Paul's gone, he, 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 he got killed in a car wreck last night. And, uh, you know, when I hung up from there, I just uh, went and found me some oil there in the hotel room, dug through my suitcase, and anointed myself with oil and began to dance before the Lord that, that the Lord, thank you, I've got a son in heaven. You know, we live by a different law. Was I hurt? Of course I was hurt. It's been 17 years, I'm still hurt. But it didn't defeat me. Right? Every now and then still, I mean, still every now and then a memory will leak out my eye and roll down my cheek. You know? But it didn't defeat me. We're, we're, we're not supposed to be defeatable because we don't think like the world thinks. We don't act like the world acts. We live by a different law. We think different. We talk different. We act different. And we get different results. If you're getting the results that the world's getting, you need to check up and see what's going on. Examine ourselves. See if we're in faith or not. Amen? Amen. But let me, let me give you, I'm just give you, I think, I think I just want to give you four scriptures this morning. What time is it? I'll just give you about four scriptures out of, instead of hundreds and thousands. Uh, and then go, just go back and just share some things with you about how, 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 how faith works, how this, thing's, how this stuff works. Second uh, Chronicles 16.9, you don't have to turn to any of these. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. Now, I have declared that scripture since I was a teenager. And I said, Lord, if your eyes are running to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for a place to show yourself strong, well, here I am. Help yourself. This is it. Look no further. If you want to find a place you can show yourself strong, you just do it right here. I'm, I'm happy about it. You just, you just find me wherever I'm at, India, Africa, wherever I'm at, preaching. You find me and just show yourself strong. I'm, I'm delighted about that. But I want to talk to you about that scripture here in just a minute. And then Jeremiah 1.12, we all know this scripture. It says, God said, I watch over my word or I hasten my word to perform it. God's watching his word. God's watching the entire earth. Heaven is watching the entire earth to see if somebody, some man, some woman, some boy, some girl, somewhere is going to speak the word, act on the word, move on the word, do something with the word because heaven's watching so they can perform it. Right? Y'all still with me? And Isaiah 57, 19 says, God, cre God said, I create the fruit of the lips. Now, that's God's idea. It wasn't my idea. I don't know about you, but I, I love the scriptures that, of all these marvelous, powerful scriptures because none of them were thought up by preachers. They were all thought up by God. Amen? I mean, I, sometimes I just marvel. I sit back and thank him. I say, Lord, it's so cool that you thought up healings and miracles. No preacher thought that up. No mama or grandmama thought, Lord, uh, heal my baby, it'd be a good idea. Heal my grandbaby. No, you already thought of it. You already said it. 
You know, God didn't have healings and miracles in the Garden of Eden because there's no sickness and disease. Wasn't necessary. It was never in the plan. You were never supposed to be sick, right? You were never supposed to. When my son died, and some of y'all have lost folks, uh, when, when those precious ones went to heaven, uh, we went through a trauma and a drama that God never, 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 never intended us to go through. We weren't built for that. If, if, if God had intended for us to go through that, he would have put it in the Garden of Eden. So we'd know how to do it. But, but it, he didn't put it in the Garden of Eden because it was never in the plan. Sickness and disease and death and all that came from the curse when Adam sinned and committed high treason against God. Then came sickness and disease and pain and death and poverty and all that garbage. But it, it, it was a foreign thing to us. It was a foreign thing to Adam and Eve. They didn't know what? We've never had this before. Right? But whenever hell brought the bad stuff, then God said, I'll counteract that. I'll counteract that. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put healings and miracles in the system to counteract the disease and the sickness because he never intended us to go through that. Are, are y'all here? Now, Renee mentioned well, we have a, our own YouTube channel called Terry Miles Ministries. She's at terrymiles.com. That's our website. But Terry Miles Ministries is what you need to look for on YouTube. And, and, and every Thursday, there's a new program out. In the last eight Thursdays, we've been on spiritual authority. And it's been really good. And I suspect probably maybe the next eight Thursdays, we'll still be on spiritual authority because we, the church has not scratched the surface on spiritual authority. We're supposed to, supposed to be in authority. Not just authority. God used a stronger word in Genesis 126. He said, let them have dominion. He said, now let us make man in our likeness and our image and let them, them men and women, them have dominion. That's a strong word. Not just faith, not just authority, not just power. He said, let them dominate. I want my people to be the dominating factor. And then he got very specific with it. He said, he said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the beast of the field, and over all, longest word in the Bible, all the earth, which would include wildfires, tsunamis, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, right? I mean, if you're going to dominate the earth, He said, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So we have authority over dominion over creeps. But it's a, it's, a, it's a strong word, dominion. You know, last week we had this goofy little holiday on the calendar that, that goofy people thought up called Earth Day. Isn't that cute? Earth Day. I wrote my partner a letter. I said, it should be more like the earth is the Lord's day. Because God said, the earth is the Lord's. He said it twice. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell therein. He said, the gold is mine, Haggai chapter 2. The gold is mine and the silver, saith the Lord. He said, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. This earth is God's. Now, people get real confused, really, really confused and conflated because they, the Bible says Satan's the God of this world. 
And so people see that, and they get all bummed out and confused. And they say, now, Brother Terry, Satan, Satan owns the world. Like, no, 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 no. When the Bible talks about the world, it's usually talking about the world system or the minds of men. When Adam sinned, then Satan became the god of the minds of men in the world system. But he never, ever became god of the earth, ever. It's not his. And he can't destroy it. Right? You know, there are some fools that think that man can destroy this planet. And other fools that think man can save it. Man can no more save this world or, or, or destroy this world than the devil can. It's, it's, it's not ours. It's not his. Right? Now, it is going to be destroyed one of these days, but guess who's going to do it? God. God said he's going to destroy this whole thing. Don't ever read your Bible. He, he, he's going to destroy it. But you can't do it. I can't do it. Hell can't do it. Because the earth is the Lord's. And he has a restraining hand on the earth, or, or hell would tear it up and destroy it. Just like if you get in the right spot, God has a restraining hand over you. Amen. So the devil can't come in and destroy you. But you always want to be under the feathers. Amen. The Bible says God will guard us and put us under his feathers and protect us under, like an old mama hen protects her chicks. Uh, you get under the feathers, under his wings and under his feathers. You know, an old mama chicken, if y'all any of y'all ever been out in the country, uh, old mama chickens, man, there's a chicken hawk up here trying to get the chick. Well, she'll just gather them all up right under her feathers like this. But then there's one little dumb chick. There's always one little dumb, stupid, ignorant, I want to do it myself, chick. And that chick runs off out here. Well, she can't leave these to go get that one. She can't reach that one. So the chicken hawk gets it. But see, we'll stay under the feathers. If we just do what God said, it works. Amen. At the beginning of that program, I started to say this well, at the beginning of our program, I don't know how many of y'all watched it, and like I said, every Thursday there's a new one, or you can, you can just go to it and go back and get three years of archives or something. But there's good word in there, and every Thursday there's a new one. But, but it's, our, our intro is, is, is an excerpt from me preaching years ago, and I said, uh, all of heaven, all of heaven is watching the earth to see if a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl, anywhere, is going to move on, act on, speak the word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. Because that's how faith works. This is real simple about how faith, we've made this stuff so hard. But uh, heaven, heaven is watching and waiting constantly, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. I mean, heaven is watching constantly. To see if a person on the earth is going to say something on the word of God, say the word of God, or do something on the word of God. Heaven's watching you. How many of y'all know you have angels yourself? Well, those angels are assigned to watch you. So heaven has to watch us to know what they're supposed to do. They don't know what they're supposed to do 
until they watch you and see what you're going to say or do. Then they know what they're supposed to do. Isn't that right? I mean, seriously. I've said this for decades and decades. Most angels are underworked and overpaid. Most angels don't have anything to do because they, you, don't, you don't know how to, Christians don't know how to use them. So most angels are just in heaven, chewing on a toothpick, leaning up against the lamppost, just saying, I'm watching my guy. I'm watching my girl. They hadn't done anything less, you know, 90, 120 days, but I'm watching. I'm waiting. I'm listening. Because if they do something, if today may be the day, if they say something on the word, if they move on the word, they act on the word, then I get to go do something. Seriously, that's how this thing works. That's how faith works. Heaven is watching. Heaven is waiting. God is a creator, right? You're his child, right? And you are what your daddy is. If your daddy is an elephant, you're an elephant. Right? Well, your daddy is a creator, so you are too. But he creates with what? He creates with his mouth. He speaks. He spoke this whole thing into existence. He said, lie to me. Lie was. You know, the Bible tells us, well, let me back up. Astronomers tell us if you wanted to count the stars, the number of stars, that you would have to put the number 10, 1010, and then follow it by 27 zeros. Now, I don't know how much that is, but it's a bunch. 10 plus 27 zeros. And the Bible says, God calls them all by name. And I know you can't remember the name of your grandkids and your kids. And you, you say, Henry, George, Sue, Maria, what, what's your name? You, 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 come here. But God calls the stars. What a God. Calls the stars by name. Spoke them into existence. So he's watching, waiting for you to be a creator. That's why he said, I create the fruit of the lips. I create the fruit of the lips. He's waiting for you to say something intelligent. I know you talk all the time, but I mean, if you say something on the word, he doesn't listen if you're not talking the word. Are you here? And when you say something on the word, then heaven's waiting to create it. Because I create the fruit of the lips, he said. There's a spirit, there's lots of spiritual laws involved with that. Amen. You know, a few years ago, we had a president in the White House, and his, uh, and, and I'm not talking political. I do talk political sometimes, and I'll let you know when I do. This isn't political, this is, this is historical fact. We had a president in the White House here a, a few terms ago, and he told us not to pray. In fact, he told us we couldn't have Christmas. Now, being a missionary, going to all these communist countries all these years, that's the first thing they always do when they want to turn the country communist and say, you can't have Christmas. There is no such thing. as That's what Castro did January the 1st, 1959. When he took over, he said,